I'm David S. Dawson from the Intellectual Podcast, a show that spotlights creatives from all walks of life. Part of the Gunna Geek Network, just like the show you're checking out now. Shows on the network are individually owned, and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other incredibly geeky shows at GunnaGeekNetwork.com. Welcome to episode 196 of Better Podcasting. On this show, we help you learn from a distance. In this week's Better Podcasting download, we'll let you in on how this show and SP's other Libsyn hosted shows are affected by their new IAB certified stats. And finally, in this week's Better Podback, we have Roadcaster News. Lauren, why don't you start us off and hit the road now? Welcome to Better Podcasting, a show where we talk about podcast tips, tools, and best practices to help you succeed with your podcast. What makes us different? Well, just like you, we podcast purely out of the love and fun of it. Podcasting is our hobby, and we recognize that it's yours too. We always encourage your questions and feedback, and you can find all of our contact information at betterpodcasting.com. Here's your host for the show, Stephen John Drew and Stargate Pioneer. Welcome to episode one of the Stargate Pioneer Fancast. Oh, sorry. Welcome to another episode of Better Podcasting. I am Stephen John Drew, and I am pleased to say that the wonderful SP is here again this week. Hello, Stephen. Welcome, listener. It is exciting to have another week of Better Podcasting. Look forward to this all week. We've got a great show for you today. We're going to start it off like we do every week with how I save my podcast story. Sometimes we get listeners sending them in. If you want to send your in yours in to us, we would appreciate to receive them. Sometimes we go out to the internet. Sometimes we tell y'all how we screwed up. That's how this story <laughs> is going to go. So it's not really a screw up, actually, but it is a result of Hangouts on Air going away for YouTube Live. So in Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D., we used to stream via Hangouts on Air, and I've been trying to replicate what Steven's been doing here on XSplit to do an NDI gathering of the video streams and then send it on out. However, that has been less than successful most weeks. Last week, we barely got it off. And just as we shut down, one of my co-hosts froze up. But in previous weeks, I constantly had to redo XSplit or grab their feeds again, you know, cut them out and, and delete them and then grab them again and get them working. Well, last week, I hit send on the stream nothing happened. I tried again. I booted it up again. And the same thing. Nothing happened. I tried a third time. And then I said, okay, we're going audio only today. And that's how I saved the podcast because the video stream wasn't working. And we'll talk about that on a future episode of Better Podcasting. Hopefully when I get it fixed, but we went ahead and streamed and recorded audio only for the day. I probably, in retrospect, could have recorded video. I did not think of that because I was uh, a little bit phased, <laughs> a little bit shaken by the ability not to stream at all. And I just want to say sometimes you take what you can get. And if the audio podcast is your primary means of distribution, then you should probably record an audio show and make sure that gets out. And that's exactly what we did. Well, 
if you thought that your audio stream was your primary means. Ooh, tease, tease for a little later today. But no, I love this story, Hespi. I really, really do love this story because of the fact that uh, we do video shows. We do it because we like doing it. It's been something that we've made no secret that we have a video companion to this show, but we've always said that we prioritize the audio version of this show, even though we do occasionally reference live chat or reference something on video or whatever. But the bottom line is, if you're doing a video show like this and your primary focus is the audio like ours, don't be afraid to have that option. A while back, we talked about how I had complete failure with my PC and we would have done the officialgonnageek.com show audio only that week if it wasn't for the fact that the segment I was doing really, really needed video that week. So that was something that uh, unfortunately we just couldn't get away with there because that one was also geared a little bit towards the YouTube viewer as well. But when it's a show like this or a show like Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D., fantastic to just say, yep, yeah, hands up on the video, plus, plus, then you don't have to wear pants. Who says I'm wearing pants whenever I podcast on video? I mean, we're only <laughs> shot from the chest up, so who knows what's going on underneath? Fair enough. Uh, thank you for sharing this. I know sometimes it can be a little difficult to share these stories, SP. Uh, I know I have troubles because I, I just, I have troubles admitting that I failed you, SP. And so for you to come on here and admit that you failed yourself, I appreciate it. Oh yeah, it was a hard fail. That was I was I was just hands up in the air. I'm like, it's not the first week. Like I said, this has been going on for a while. Ever since that hangouts on air decided to go away, we've been trying to do some sort of version of what you're doing, Stephen. And to be clear, what we're trying to do is we're trying to grab the NDI feeds from Skype or whatever we're able to grab from and do a multi-camera switching experience streamed out and recorded. And it's just a lot tougher for me because of I were thinking my internet speeds because we're not thinking it's computer dependent, but we don't know. Uh, there is a couple things that I can try left and we're going to do that and we'll just see what can be done before either reverting to a third party paid service or just chucking it and not doing it from now on. If you have a How I Save My Podcast story, it doesn't have to be something as big as this. Maybe it's something simpler. Please get in touch with us through any of the ways. We would love to hear from you. You can go ahead and tweet us at BetterPod. You can find us at BetterPodcasting.com. Or better yet, why don't you head over to our Discord server, BetterPodcasting.com slash Discord, and... Let us know over there what exactly went wrong and tell us this is my how I saved my podcast story. But I will say this. We would love to have a video clip as well because we can always play that on our video show. Let's go ahead and move on to our featured segment this week. As of our recording today in August 2019, podcast movement just wrapped up a few weeks ago, and there's still a lot of people talking about this, some of the news and the insights that came out of the event. There's a lot of buzz happening. As a hobbyist, we've made it no secret that we personally don't think there's any big driving reason for hobby podcasters to try to attend most podcast events. Heck, we actually even had an episode all about that. But we're also of the opinion that even if you're not attending events like this, 
there are often some takeaways that you might be able to take from these events, even though you're not attending. Heck, we've even talked about some of these recently, like in last week's Better Podcasting download. But the thing is, this trait isn't necessarily limited to podcasting conferences. The same goes with other meetings and other conventions within your niche. Often at these events, there are things that you can take away from them, even if you're not attending them. And even if you think that the majority of that event doesn't apply to you. As hobby podcasters ourselves who have family and limited vacation time, you might guess that this means that we don't have an excess of money or vacation time to hit up all of these different podcast conventions and events, and also events that are within our niches for our other shows. Today, we want to talk a little bit about that concept, how you can utilize these events and conferences and other meetups that you don't attend to help better your podcast and yourself as a podcaster. As we go through this, we're going to try to touch on both the podcasting events and other events within potentially within your niche. Now, the full disclosure before we get into any of this so that you can stop yelling at your iPod, your iPod classic or whatever it is, and you can actually listen to what we're about to say. We are big, big advocates that if you are going to try to put your money as a hobby podcaster towards going to an event, we think that there's a lot more worth going to an event within the niche for your podcast than an actual podcast event. Basically, what we're trying to say is don't let what we're about to say discourage you from attending an event that you might be thinking of going to within your niche. And we'll actually touch on that a little bit more later. Now, since we're going to start to cover a broad scope of events, let's start with a broad question. What type of events should you even be putting on your radar to begin with? There are a variety of types of events, some small, some large. Some are convention style, some are seminar style. But how exactly do you know what would even be worthy of your attention for your podcast and for you? The first thing that we'd suggest to do is tapping into your inner passion. What exactly is calling your name? Is there an event that you've had a hankering to go but just have never gone? If so, ask yourself, why does this event appeal to you? If the reason is that the conference is starting to appeal to you is simply because you know people going and you want to go meet them face to face, it's probably, and this is going to be hard to say, but it's probably not worth giving the time of day unless you actually go to the event. Now, it's really hard to take away a connection from looking at an event from afar if you're trying to meet people and make connections. If connection building is your purpose for going, you would actually have to go to the event. Now, for hobbyists, this could be considered community building or to identify people to interview later in your niche. Otherwise, it's generally these events anyway about business or career opportunities. Again, this is if the only reason you'd want to attend the conference is to meet someone or someone's face to face. But if there's something beyond that that has your interest, it could be worth some of your valuable time and money to attend. For example, maybe one of those people that you wanted to meet are putting on a speaking event that you think would be interesting. For the podcasting events, maybe it's somebody doing an industry analysis with unique information on growth information, audience metrics, and success factors that would actually contribute to growing your show. 
but from your podcast niche, maybe there are some speakers that will be presenting some interesting information that you think your audience will enjoy. For example, the recent D23 conference that Disney put on. Yes, I would have loved to attend for Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. It would have been a prime example of a conference or an event to go to. The bottom line is that generally speaking, if you're wanting to get takeaways from events remotely, you want to make sure that the event is offering more than simply connection building or just the fear of missing out or FOMO factor. I'm glad you translated that there, SB, because I hear FOMO thrown around a lot. And uh, the first few times I heard it, I assumed it was something else. And I'm glad that you translated it for someone who doesn't know what FOMO is. Well, you yourself have experienced FOMO. I am going to experience FOMO this next weekend with Dragon Con. We'll talk a little bit about that later. So what are some ways that you can specifically learn from these events that you're not going to attend or maybe didn't attend? The first thing that we want to mention is something that should be obvious, but is worth mentioning as we go through, which is that perhaps a podcast buddy that you know has attended the event. Yes, maybe there's somebody that you converse with on a regular basis that actually attended one of these events. And if that's the case, we would suggest that would be your number one place to go talk to them. You've already built a relationship with them. So the odds are they're willing to have that conversation with you and answer all of your ridiculous questions that somebody that you don't know on a personal level might not want to answer. So definitely, if you know someone that attended, reach out to them first. But another way that you can find some of this information is by watching some videos and listening to podcasts or other audio distribution that do cover this event in some form. Let's use the podcast example. Podcasts about podcasting are definitely plentiful right now. We're one of many. We're not unique as much as we try to make you believe that we are. But the thing is, many of these podcasts about podcasting do center around business. Given that most podcasting events also center around business, there's a driving reason for these podcasts about podcasting to tend to cover these events afterwards on their show. Since events like this revolve around the concept of connection building, so more people will attend the event and thus the business cycle continues, you're likely to hear a lot of podcasts about podcasting talk about these big podcast conventions that happened after and what they learned from it. So it would be a really easy resource, all of these, for you to go and try to seek out in order to find out a little bit about the highlights from these podcast events. It also could potentially help entice you to consider going or find an alternative way to make a connection with them. Again, this is one of the reasons why you're probably going to have a lot of people talking about these podcast events after they happen. Now, the bonus with things like video and audio is that there tends to be a certain personality injected into those because traditionally these are longer form content, which means there's a little bit more opportunity there to explore their personal opinions on these events, which is why videos and podcasts can be a really good resource if they're talking about the event that you are considering going to. Another thing that you can do is look for written articles about the event. Yes, there's going to be podcasts and videos out there, predominantly on YouTube or wherever their videos are these days, but there are probably going to be a lot of written articles as well. These can actually be quite different than the audio in the video coverage because generally articles are meant to be kept short and sweet. This can be a great resource for finding the quick highlights from the event. 
Concise articles can also be a great starting point to find more information to seek out. For example, perhaps you run a podcast about geek culture. If there's a major comic book convention that happens, you might find an article that reviews the convention. Generally, they'll include some standout highlights to them because there is a lot that happens with these conventions. Then you can take that information and search for more particulars from there. Perhaps you'll see a YouTube video that actually had the coverage of the event in there. A real life example of this is that I have over the years posted some panels to our YouTube channel of events that I've attended. One of note was Charlie Cox, who plays Daredevil on Netflix's Daredevil, and it's canceled now, but at the time it wasn't. And he actually gave some information that I had not heard anywhere else. Now, I had been fortunate enough to be able to record the panel. We put it out there so that information got out to everybody. And the particular thing that was interesting to me is it was the only time that he had equated himself to the movie Daredevil that was played by another actor, another notable actor, actually. And it was the only time that he's ever said anything like that, that I've heard recorded or reported on. So that was important to get. And it really highlighted the character that Charlie Cox was playing, the actor that Charlie Cox was, and the type of guy he really was. It was all good. But that's just an example that I went there. I got it. I got it out to other people that weren't there. There's a lot of other examples of watching coverage from events that I have not been able to attend. And I always generally look for a recording of a panel that has happened that is relevant to either Starling Tribune or Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. that I'm covering. So it goes both ways. If you're there, you can take it for other people. And if you're not there, then you look for that information to try to learn on. So you can talk about it on your show. So what exactly do you do with the information once you've found some sources of it? How exactly do you process this? After all, you just take everybody exactly at their word, right? You assume that everybody is 100% factual and there's no need of filtration on your part, right? Well, that's what that's what the media has evolved to, right? <laughs> you can trust everything. <laughs> that's just not true. You actually will have to do a little a bit of filtering on your own to find out what exactly is is important to you to help maximize this information. And the first thing that we'll suggest is as you go through this information that you found, find the common themes that are being discussed. If you're hearing complete opposite people talking about the same thing, that could be a really good indicator that this information is worthwhile. For example, let's go to the podcast events example. Let's say you hear from somebody who is in the business of selling their consulting service talking about the same notable speaker that a hobby podcaster who attended is also talking about. There's probably a good indication there that this speaker is worth noting because you have two opposite people talking about the same thing. Or alternatively, let's say you listen to a couple woodworking podcasts. One person that you know of is somebody who is always adopting the latest tools and latest things for woodworking and other production and whatnot, but you also know somebody who is maybe an older person that is really locked into their way their whole life. They've used pretty much the same processes, but they're both talking about a really cool new product that came out of a Tijuana woodworking convention. That might be worth noting as well. So you're talking about somebody that maybe uses a CNC machine versus somebody that uses just chisels and a hammer. 
I know nothing about woodworking. SP added this in the notes. Or maybe you do a comic podcast and you hear one podcaster who is really into indie comics talking about a cool emerging comic book creator that was really, really highlighted at the event. But you also know someone else who's more into mainstream comics, Marvel and DC, and you hear them also talking about that creator. This is a good indication that that artist is of note because you have two di very different people, very different readers talking about the same person. Conversely, it's also worth looking for the discrepancies in reporting. Finding discrepancies can be a great way to highlight possible skewed or colored information. This can be both falsely negative and falsely positive. For example, with podcasting events, you might find that there's an emerging media host that does a presentation at a podcast event. Somebody who is 100% dedicated to self-hosting is likely to be very negative towards this event and presentation. However, you might find somebody who is really into media hosting, and they might have a different opinion. Now, if you're a media hosting podcaster, then the odds are that the information is of value to you and uh, is actually looking at the other media hoster instead of the self-hoster. But it's worth being aware that sometimes information can also be falsely positive. Perhaps somebody threw an event where they gave away t-shirts and they did so through a t-shirt cannon. You know, those big air things that you shoot out <laughs> in, in some major football. And I'm using football generically. It could be soccer. It could be American football <laughs> stadiums. It goes up into the second or third deck or whatever. So there's a lot of force behind it, right? And they had this famous podcaster give a speech and they gave away a Roadcaster Pro to a member of the audience. You might find that there was a review of how amazing this event was, but you might find somebody who has the opposite opinion and that it was a complete utter failure. What gives with the discrepancy here? Well, that'd be up to you to do a little research to find out. If there were complete opposite opinions or takeaways, you want to find out why one is skewed versus the other. So this is just for instance, maybe the positive one was the individual who won the Roadcaster Pro. Now, giving away free products is a great way that some companies go ahead and buy love, especially from other media outlets, even when they don't really deserve it. Or maybe it was really a great event, but the negative person was hit in the face by that big t-shirt can and just popping that t-shirt out from like two feet away. And he spent the rest of the event trying to analyze the event through a concussion. You know, some of those t-shirts are bundled with like heavy plastic and stuff. I mean, it's just more than soft t-shirt there. I mean, it could really hurt, especially from two feet away. I feel like at this point, we need to say legal note, better podcasting doesn't endorse shooting t-shirts through a t-shirt cannon at a podcasting event. I feel like we need to say that. Especially directly aimed at the attendees from two feet away. No, we do not in, do not endorse that at all. But for whatever the reason is, a discrepancy is a good indication that there is more research for you to do on why they are skewed. But you should also analyze the information objectively for your specific purposes. If there is information that just doesn't apply to you, no matter how good of a presentation it was, and with podcasting events, there can be a lot of information about business growth, connections, etc., this can be super valuable for people running a podcast as a business. For us hobbyists like Stephen and I, not so much. Maybe there's an event that was fantastic about a new live streaming technology, but you have zero desire to live stream for a lot of reasons that we talked about in previous episodes. So why spend your time on it? 
It's also worth considering that somebody may have a tainted view because they are selling a product of some form. We won't give a particular example on this, but like anything on the internet, business is a part of life, and sometimes information can be colored by business need. Of course, we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about some of the things that you're missing out on when you don't attend these events. See, I told you you could stop yelling at your iPod Classic right now. First, we've referenced it a few times tonight, but let's just spell it out very, very clearly. Those connections. You just can't build the same connections as easily remotely as you can do in person. The reality is that there is a unique offering by that face-to-face -face connection or with SP, that face-to-face -face touch that he always gives at conventions. What? No way. Sometimes these connections just can lead to some pretty deep conversations, some individual conversations, and some things that you just won't find on a public forum. Like that special calendar that SP has been talking about making. He, he only talks about that at conventions. What? No? No comment on that? I, I'm, I'm just at a loss. This face-to-face -face and calendar thing, both not true. Just saying it, not true. The second thing, though, that we do want to mention is that you just don't get the opportunity to make those unfiltered, unbiased opinions about what's happening there. If you're getting any information secondhand, whether it's from a reputable source or not, it's still being filtered on some level by somebody else. They've made the decision on what they feel is worthy of talking about. When you're actually there at the convention or the event, you're seeing the information, making your own opinions of what you want to catalog in your mind. And lastly, you also miss out on the potential fun factor. Sometimes there's just something missed by not attending an event that you're interested in. And I'll share a little story. A few years back, there was a wonderful meetup that SP helped drive that was all Gunna Geek focused. There were several Gunna Geek podcasters that were meeting up at a comic book convention called C2E2. And the thing about that was there was not only a panel that was being run by them, but there was also other events happening that were because of that. They all went and recorded a special podcast together. And there were some other things that just happened off the cusp. I'll admit I missed out on that. I couldn't afford to do it. I couldn't make the time to do it. There was a variety of factors that stopped me from going. And as much as they were all really great at communicating to me all of the things that they saw there and the fun that they had, I even edited part of the video. I got some of it right away. The fun factor just wasn't the same because I didn't actually attend. A couple of things that I want to say about what Stephen just said. First thing is to get that unbiased, unfiltered opinion of yourself of what is going on at the conference. I have read reviews or seen videos of events that I've attended and I've had a completely different takeaway and I could refute that on my shows, but if I hadn't gone, I wouldn't have had the ability to refute what was going on there. So going in person and getting that unfiltered view is important. Also missing out. I always feel like I'm missing out on any opportunity that there is out there. Like I mentioned at the top of the show, I want to go to Dragon Con and it is this weekend. It's Labor Day weekend every year. And unfortunately, I've chosen other events for this weekend. Someday I will actually go to Dragon Con down in Atlanta. There's other events that I'd like to go to as well. Emerald, I believe it's Emerald City Con is up in the Seattle, Vancouver area. I would like to go there and that would be a potential 
place for me to actually meet Steven. So not going to these events, I do have FOMO for not going and meeting the people as well as taking in to the events, taking in the material from the events. So in summary, no matter the situation or the event that you are considering, you should make the decision that you feel works best for you if you are considering going to the event or not. There are unique experiences that you miss out on by not going, but just know that because you don't go doesn't mean that you're missing out on all the experiences or the information that you can use on your podcast. For example, I have it on really good authority that SP is releasing that calendar digitally. Welcome to this week's Better Podcasting Download. In this week's Better Podcasting Download, we wanted to touch a little bit on something that is evolving, and it's Libsyn. Now, this is no secret that this evolution has been coming for a little while, and as people who do regularly recommend Libsyn as a media host, we both think that they're up there with our recommendations. We both have different opinions, but we both think that Libsyn is worthwhile of considering if you are a hobby podcaster looking to media host. We wanted to touch a little bit on this IAB metrics change that came with Libsyn now being a IAB certified partner, I guess. I don't know how you call it. I don't know what the exact term is. But SP, I'll turn it over to you because you have more shows on Libsyn than I do. I do. I actually have five shows, but we're just going to talk about three of them. And I believe the correct vernacular is they are certified to the standard, the IAB Podcast Measurement Guidelines 2.0 standard. So they're certified to that standard. Now, Lipson, before Podcast Movement announced through a press release that they were certified by the IAB committee, I'm still not unclear as to how that certification is actually run. Is it run by the IAB? Is it run by the group that the IAB is comprised of? I still don't know. But uh, regardless, they are certified like everybody else that has been certified. And you can go to the IAB website to see all of the media hosts that are certified as well as the stats provided that are certified. So Lipson announced before podcast movement that they were certified after the event or maybe during the event. I'm still unclear of when this podcast was recorded. Lipson had the feed, which is their flagship podcast for their company. It was episode number 150 and they announced the certification as well as some initial information. So I was out mowing the lawn earlier today, actually, and I was listening to that podcast and I heard some information that made me very curious. Rob Walsh mentioned that the podcast that he had checked, and I don't know how comprehensive his check was, but that podcast that he had spot checked had somewhere between four and 10% reductions between what they call their legacy statistics and their IAB statistics. So I was very curious and I, on a break mowing the lawn, I came in and did some regression. But before we get there, I want to say some caveats that they had with the statistics, the IAB certified statistics. They are going to provide both statistics going on. I don't know if the legacy statistics will stop at some point in time, but for now, they're both ongoing. The IAB statistics that Lipson has are only back as far as July 12th, 2019. They will not go back farther than that. The legacy stats will not go back farther than November 1st, 2017. 
At least that's what I remember them stating. So you have both of those newer statistics concurrently running, at least for now. There is a toggle if you are a Libsyn Advanced Statistics subscriber, either through your plan or you're subscribing to the statistics individually. There is a toggle on the right-hand side on the upper side of the web page that you can go between legacy and IAB. Now, for us on Better Podcasting and my other shows, it seemed like the default was set to legacy. So you actually have to go up there and change it to IAB in order to get the different statistics. That was the case with my accounts. I don't know if that's the case with all of the accounts. That's a really good caveat too, because if you are somebody that is in a business podcast, not that we talk about money very often, it's important that if you're representing this as IAB certified stats, that you're providing those because the legacy ones are not IAB certified. It looks like it looks like the there's a separate toggle that SP mentioned there. And so definitely make sure you're not misrepresenting yourself. You don't want to get into hot water. Rob Walsh did mention on the feed that if you were going to provide the statistics to an advertiser, that you would have to provide the IAB statistics in order to have the certified statistics be presented. So he did mention that one of the big differences between the legacy and the IAB statistics is was an additional blacklist that they had to purchase specifically to be IAB certified. And again, you had to have one minute of play on the podcast. Now, I'm trying to remember exactly what I heard, and I don't know if this applies to downloads or if this is just the progressive plays. I'm uncertain at this point if the IAB certified statistics count for downloads or if they are just looking at the streaming. But regardless, you need at least one minute. So if you're downloading, you need at least one minute of download, however that works out in terms of the data percentage in order to, or progressive downloads, I think they're called, in order for the download to count. So like I said, I was curious, I came in and did some statistics on the statistics, and I took three of the main shows that are under my purview, Better Podcasting, Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D., and Starling Tribune, for the record, Stephen also has access to the Better Podcasting statistics and account. That's how he posts the episodes every week. Pretty hard to post without access. It is. So I was curious about the drop. And once again, Rob said, expect somewhere between a four to 10% drop. There was one outlier that he said that he looked at spot checked and it was at 12%. So I was like, okay, if I have 10% drop in stats, that's, that's reasonable. I get that. So I looked at better podcasting. There was, and these are only the episodes that were published since July 12th. So it's an aggregate of those episodes. Better podcasting since both the statistics were running on all the episodes, there was on average a 20% drop between the actual legacy stats and the IAB stats. You have to toggle back and forth to see both the numbers and they are 20% different, 20% down. Now we kind of knew through some looking at the legacy stats, our own earlier this year, we actually contacted Lipson on a question on something. And we both said, even though that Lipson came back and said, these are legitimate downloads. We're like, there's no way that these are legitimate downloads. So we knew that there was downloads being counted on the legacy side that would probably not be accounted for in the IB certified stats, but we didn't know if they were applying those filters then or not. We just wanted Lipson to know at that point that we had suspected that these weren't 
legitimate downloads. Lipson came back and said that they were indeed legitimate downloads. So then we took them at their word and we ended up just saying it everywhere. We celebrated it, even though we knew that the number was not correct. We just we just went all in on it. Right. <laughs> no, we suspected that they weren't good. And I don't remember if it was it was probably before July 12th. I don't remember the exact date of the downloads, but I would suspect that if the filter for the IAB certified stats were applied, that those downloads wouldn't have been counted now. So I am confident that we were at least <laughs> running down the right track there. So I was like, OK, 20 percent. I wonder what the other shows are. So I looked at Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. on average. For all the episodes published since July 12th, there was a 31% drop. Like, wow, that's like four times as much of what Rob was saying that I should expect. And one of the things that they said is if you promote a lot on social media, then you're probably going to see a huge decrease. If you are a listener to Better Podcasting, Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D., uh, Starling Tribune, if you subscribe to the social media accounts, there is usually one tweet that goes out that says, here is the episode. I also posted on a weekly Reddit post, and that's usually it for the episode. I'm not out there spanning. I'm not Twitter bombing. I'm not doing anything like that to promote. I probably should. <laughs> but I am not doing so 31% drop is pretty drastic. And it just tells me that a lot of bots had been hitting the show. And I don't know if the bots are hitting the show because I've applied to so many places to actually distribute the show to. I don't know if I have a lot of Twitter bots following my account. I don't I have no idea why there is so much spam here. It's all to do with the SP fan club. We have a lot of bots in there. I would expect that there is bots coming from somewhere. So 31% drop for Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. So I'm like, okay, maybe that's anomaly. I went to Starling Tribune and in the episodes that had dropped since July 12th, and these are only my shows. You might find a different percentage if you have IAB certified stats, whether you host on Lipson or somebody else. But Starling Tribune, on average, for the episodes that have dropped since July 12th, 2019, had a 47% differential between the legacy stats on Lipson and the IAB certified stats. A 4.7? Did you say 4.7% drop? 47%. Sorry, I think, I think we're going to have to redo this here. I, I'm not hearing you right. For some reason, it's sounding like you're saying 47, but that can't be right. 47.0%. That's almost half, Stephen. Woo! That's a lot. That's a lot. Now, obviously, there could be an anomaly here. Um, I think it's important to highlight that. Like, I, I always like to play devil's advocate here. And there's a really good example of that where the Gunna Geek website was cloned for spam purposes years and years and years ago. And we found it. We did a whole bunch of weird things. I, I put a bunch of code in place to try to shake it up. But what happened was essentially for a very limited period, we saw a ton of extra traffic coming to these shows that was false because of this. And then they basically served their purpose, whatever that underhanded purpose was, that website went down and then all of a sudden those dropped. So potentially we could be seeing a situation like that right now where it just happens to be over the last four weeks, but it's the only data we have. And I don't know. I, I would hazard a guess that with it being 20, 31, and 47, it's not that case. That it's probably 
going to be this way going forward, but I don't know. I just, the devil's advocate, fairness, throw it out there. Now, I went a little bit further. So those were just the episodes that were published since July 12th. But all three of those shows have back catalogs that go back years. So I was wondering, well, okay, so I'm experiencing some downloads from the past. I wonder what the differential is for all the shows since July 12th, 2019 that have received downloads. So on Better Podcasting, this is all the shows, not just the ones that were published since July 12th, all the shows in the back catalog. It was a 20% drop. So that was equal to the episodes from July 12th, 2019 on. So I was like, okay, I should probably expect the same from Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. and Starling Tribune. So I looked at Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. This is all the episodes of Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D., all 297, as of tonight, 298 episodes of Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. There was a 54% drop. Oh, wow. That's, that's a lot. That's a lot. More than half. Yes. I can't believe that. That tops your Starling Tribune. Like that, that is absolutely insane. And I can't imagine that 54%. It's impossible to top that. So this is the back catalog once again. So it's not really topping the Starling Tribune because those were the only the episodes since July 12th. So this is definitely. No, no, but what you said though was just only the episodes. It was 47%. And for this, this is the total back catalog of Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D., 54%. I just can't see you possibly topping that with any other show. So for Starling Tribune, for the entire back catalog, but only the downloads starting on July 12th, 2019 on, there was an 84% drop. 84%. So that means there are a ton of bots or something hitting the back catalog of Starling Tribune. And I don't know why it could be the episode titles are experiencing some hit because I'm actually calling out because it's reviewing the episodes of Arrow and Legends of Tomorrow, the movies that we've actually covered, because that's how we're supposed to do it on the Apple podcast titles. Now we're supposed to drop the name of the show and everything, the name of the podcast and only count the name of the episode or the name of the movie that we're actually reviewing. That's the way to do it. So maybe that's why maybe there's a lot of Twitter bots that are following the account on Twitter. Maybe there's a lot of people pinging it on Reddit. Maybe there are bots out there pinging the web pages. I don't know, but 80 Four percent. That that means that only sixteen percent of the total back catalog downloads since July twelfth were relevant. I am not disheartened to the point where I'm going to stop podcasting at all. We do these shows for fun. That's the predominant thing of it. And I am not using these for monetization. And if I was, I would be very disheartened for it. But I. I am only giving these numbers to our audience here on Better Podcasting, just in case you're experiencing the same thing. So maybe you've listened to the feed or maybe you're using some other sort of statistic provider that has also been IAB compliant and you've seen these dramatic drops in your back catalog or maybe the episodes that you posted since the podcast host or statistics provider has been certified and you're going, oh my gosh, I can't believe it. And Lipson is still reporting the average downloads per podcast is whatever it was 130 i guess lately and uh, all of a sudden we have 10 downloads per episode well 
other people are probably experiencing the same sort of reduction that you are. And it is important to note. And if you have questions, I will talk to you until your questions are answered. I will tell you that I will not be giving out the actual numbers per episode until I talk to my co-host and I might never do that. So I will talk in percentages, but I won't talk in total numbers. But just know that I hope that you are not disheartened because your episode counts have gone down if you happen to host on an IAB certified statistics provider and that you will continue to have fun with your podcast and you will continue to achieve the goals that you want for your podcast. Just know that the statistics have changed yet again in podcasting. And also a friendly reminder of that toggle, because while Libsyn does offer IAB certified stats, the legacy stats are not certified. It's an important distinction, and this is a really good example. This week in the Better Pod Back section, we're going to run down some things that came out of our Discord over the last week or so, which again, as I mentioned at the top of this show, you can go ahead and find that at betterpodcasting.com slash Discord or look in the notes. We always do have it there in the show notes available over at betterpodcasting.com slash 196. We had yakko.org. Jeremy Dennis say, as I uh, said, uh, I would have been able to watch live, but was at a local podcast meetup. I did promote you guys to a new person that's just about to start a show. So thank you very much for that. That is too kind. We do really appreciate that. Thank you so much for promoting us. Uh, we did this show originally because I just wanted to see more Stargate Pioneer, but as it evolved, we did want to focus on how we can make a hobbyist podcast better, strip down all the business talk and all that stuff there. And so to see that we're being recommended, it means a lot. It means a lot to me. I know it means a lot to SP. So thank you very much. Yeah, Jeremy runs the Transmissions podcast, which is a podcast about the Transformers franchise, not just the movies that came out, but all the Transformers, the conventions, the toys and the cartoons way back in the 80s. So if you are interested in Transformers, go check out the Transmissions podcast. Liberty Dude also posted on the Discord. He said, The problem I found with the finale episode of Girl in Space. The finale was only 67 minutes in duration, when everybody knows we all wanted it to be 3,200 minutes. As the song says, you can't always get what you want. Oh, well. Guess I will just have to wait until the end of six more seasons. LOL. What a marvelous podcast. Thanks again, Stargate Pioneer and Stephen John Drew, for all you do for being such spectacular personalities, of which facilitated the introduction of this glorious, witty, and entertaining show. Girl in Space is a must listen to adventure, and it really is. And I. I'm going to wait to review that finale episode until after my trip this weekend. <laughs> Thank you very much for uh, complimenting us first off. Undeserved compliment. But more importantly, thank you very much for complimenting Girl in Space. Uh, there is a lot of chatter around that podcast, and it was fantastic having Sarah on this show. 
So thank you very much for highlighting that to our listeners and the other people in our Discord. I also posted in Discord, this was this past Monday, nice to see progress. And I posted a link minutes after they emailed out that there was an update to the Roadcaster Pro. That's right. If you've been following this for a while, the Roadcaster Pro debuted last year, and there were some challenges, some things that people wanted to see in it. And the last update came months and months and months ago with, I think it was 1.1 version of the firmware. Well, now there's a full version 2, and they did a whole bunch of updates there. I have not had a chance to give this a try since it came out, but it covers several things that people were wanting for example, the ability to transfer files without having to pull out the micro SD card. I'll put a link to this in the show notes if you want to check that out at betterpodcasting.com slash 196. There was an interesting part, though, that SP actually brought up in the Discord. And he had said, I wonder what this means, because he found something on the release note that said the following. Last but not least, the Rodecaster Pro's audio processing engine has been tweaked to make your podcast sound even better. This is important because not only us, but Brandrew and a couple other people that have Rodecaster Pros have noticed a degradation, basically, of the audio quality in comparison to other things out there. So, I, as a matter of fact, I just watched a new video just within the last week or two. Stephen, I forwarded you the video as well. And we were wondering if the next update to Roadcaster Pro would have some audio tweaks in it. Now, I have no idea if this has fixed everything, made it worse. I don't know. We haven't had a chance. And by we, I mean, Stephen hasn't had a chance to twiddle around with it too much. But it is interesting that they did note that they made some changes to the audio processing engine. So hopefully we'll have some more information for you on that in the coming weeks. And if you missed that episode where I talked about it and provided some samples, the audio was a big issue I had with it. And one of the reasons I was not personally considering using it all the time. Uh, there's a couple other changes in here that I'm very interested to try out and we'll just leave it at that. We also posted a poll on Twitter and we had asked the following question. What time of the year did you start brackets publish and bracket your first podcast and the answers that were given were winter december to february spring march to may summer june to august or fall september to november there was also another one in there was whenever sp publishes that was that uh, was another one well to be fair when i was actually <laughs> putting this together. And I will admit it was me. It wasn't Steven. I was wondering what to do because the winter in North America and the Northern hemisphere is the summer in the Southern hemisphere. So instead of just putting winter, spring, summer, fall, I did put the months by it, hoping that any respondent from the Southern hemisphere would understand. And at least one kind of understood because Josh Liston came back and he said, yeah, it's, it, it was a different thing, but he did vote for the correct months. So thank you very much for understanding at least that, Josh. 
So interesting to know, I was wondering, is there one spot during the year that our listeners at least have started their podcast? You know, we've heard that January is a big time to start podcasts. We've also heard when the school year starts in the fall here in the Northern Hemisphere is a good time to start podcasts. We've heard summer when people have available time is a good time to start podcasts. So basically the whole year had good times to start podcasts. So I was wondering, you know, what does our audience say? There was 29% of the respondents said that winter, which is the December to February months, are when they published their first episode. In full disclosure, I published my first episode. I had to go back and look in February. So my vote was for that block. In spring was 32%, and that was March through May. 21% was summer, which is June through August. And 18%, which was fall, September through November. And even though there's kind of a spread between 18 and 32%, I'd say for our sample size, this is actually pretty even. And I will say that people start podcasts in general all year round. There are some humps, but uh, it is safe to say that if you start a podcast at any time of the year, it seems to be in line with everybody else. I'm surprised that winter is as high as it is, to be honest. I, I am because winter is a very busy time, but I guess there's a lot of indoors time as well. But for a lot of people, I would have thought that would have come actually more September to November timeline. We decided to start now. We didn't publish, but we decided to start better podcasting in December. That was because we committed to to doing it for the year. That was entirely because we needed to make our year dedication that we had said that we would do. <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, we started in December, but we published in October. So better podcasting would go into the fall time frame in September through November. But when we decide, I mean, it is the time of year when you're making those New Year resolutions. I will say a lot of people when they come back to school in January, it's winter outside. So a lot of people start in January. I could see that. So thank you very much to everybody that responded with their vote. And if you didn't get a chance to respond with a vote, go ahead and respond to us on Twitter at BetterPod. You can hit us up on the Discord in the Better Podcasting channel, or you can send us an email at podcast at betterpodcasting.com. Tell us what month you would have started or you first published. I, I don't care when you decided. It's when you first published your podcast. And we could add it to these stats. I believe mine was August. I believe August was mine. So there you go. I, I was one of them. If you have something you want to hear us talk about in a future episode of Better Podcasting, please get in touch with us through any of the ways. And if you want to share an audio or a video clip with us, please feel free to email that to us to podcast at betterpodcasting.com. We would love to have that. And make sure if you have a podcast of your own that you go and tell us what the name of that podcast is so that we can promote it. Well, SP, that's going to wrap up another episode of Better Podcasting. But before we go, I want to acknowledge something. We have the GunnaGeek.com network. There's a lot of really, really great geeky content over there. A lot of awesome geeks coming together for the shared love of podcasting. And one of the things that we also have on there is the official GunnaGeek.com show. That is something that I started way, way back when because I wanted to talk geeky stuff. And over the years, we've had a variety of different hosts. You actually were not an original host on there, but you are now a regular host. You were a guest host for a very long time before that happened. We had to test him out. See, we thought that he was just too cool. Maybe he was trolling us. We didn't know. So we had our 300th episode this past week. 
And just doing the 300th episode, I went and I did a couple of projects and looked back on a bunch of the guests that we have had on that show over the years and a lot of the interactions that we've had over the years. And I wanted to, on this show, thank everybody who has interacted over there for so many years. It's been going on a long time. And I just wanted to acknowledge that on this show because of the fact that as a hobby podcaster, it can sometimes be a little easy to put your blinders up and and not really realize that. So when you have a milestone like this, I've talked about that on here. We did a whole episode. It really is an opportunity for you to reflect on what you did. And I did that with the Gunna Geek show this past couple of weeks. And it was nice to see. It was really reassuring. And it just made me feel happy as a hobby podcaster for putting in all of that time over 300 episodes. So I wanted to acknowledge that on this show. Yeah, congratulations. I would say congratulations to both of us, but really it's your achievement since you were there since episode one, you and Chris, really. Chris actually deserves more congratulations than you because he's been on more of your show than you have. <laughs> he has. <laughs> but congratulations, Stephen. And also, I'm going to have to get that actual intro file from you because you, what you did was amazing. And for anybody that's celebrating a milestone episode with their podcast, you want to do something special. And for Steven, he wanted to give back to everybody that's been on the show. In the new intro that he rolled out for episode 300, there are, I don't know how many panels, I want to say four or five panels that are full of pictures of everybody that's been on the show. And it goes by so fast. I tried to actually freeze frame it on YouTube and you really can't do that. So I just want to say that was an amazing to put all of those panels together, all those pictures of everybody that's been on the show. And if you haven't had a chance to look at it, you should go look at episode 300 of Gonna Geek. It was a specific way to celebrate everybody that's been on the show and a way to celebrate 300, which it was great. I've actually got a 300 coming up. I have no idea what I'm going to do for it. A Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. will have its 300th episode as we record here in two and a half weeks. And that is an amazing achievement for us. And then Better Podcasting, this show is going to have 200. So, Stephen, between the two of us, that's 800 episodes right there, just in three shows. Oh, our wives are going to be so mad. So, so mad. <laughs> they already know. <laughs> and I will say it officially. Thank you for everything you've done on the officialgonnageek.com show. So there you go for episode 196 of this show, Better Podcasting. I'm Stephen John Drew saying thank you very much for everybody who came by our live chat room. We usually have this live on Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern. And I'm SP saying thank you very much for listening, subscribing, and send us a note on how you like the show. We'll see you guys next week. Bye. See ya. for checking out another episode of Better Podcasting. You can find the full back catalog of Better Podcasting at betterpodcasting.com. If you're into geeky podcasts, please check out the other podcasts on the Gunna Geek Network at gunnageeknetwork.com. This show was produced and edited by Stephen John Drew of Gunna Geek Productions. Voice work was done by L.W. Salinas. Thanks again for listening or watching. And we hope to see you again next week.